sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. All right. Let's talk about sex. Hello, everyone. Episode uh, 26, I-, I guess, because 25 got lost into the void. Um, we're so confused on our numbers, but we're, we're doing an episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. High Fantasy, Broken Jars Broadcasting Network. Yay. Um, <laughs> before we get distracted into equal parts ranting and giggling, let's talk about how What's productive up? we've been. Okay. Uh, not, Anyone been productive? Not very. Uh, yeah. I would like to say it's because of D&D, but it's probably not. I just, I've been stuck. Like, on both my stories, I've just been, been stuck on them, and I cannot get out of it. So... I've probably like 500 words, maybe. <laughs> uh, I was hoping to finish before the episode, but football got in the way. But I'm almost to the end of outlining the first part of my book. Yay, outlining. Which I've mostly written before, but as I outline it, parts get cut and parts get added. and Yeah, outlining helps. As um, I realize key parts I want to introduce earlier to the story and whatnot. I've I've been wanting to work on stories, but I have a lot of prep work I need to do for the next Dresden episode. But I don't really want to do that because I want to work on my stories, so I just avoid everything and feel guilty. What's the topic for uh, Dresden? It's the Gear Guns Gadgets episodes. It just mm-hmm. takes a lot of research, and I just would rather work on stories right now. So it's like gear is a big topic for Dresden. And guns and all of the gadgets. Yeah, it's intensive. I basically mm-hmm. have to reread the entire books that we're doing, and so it's. Yeah, so I've just been avoiding it a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you could spend an entire episode just on what Dresden uses and how it mm. changes over the course of the series. That staffs yeah. and one of my favorite aspects of the book. But the we series. also include what Murphy uses, what Kincaid is going to use, what everyone everywhere uses. Yeah. It's great. It just it's intensive and it's going to be like I an eighteen-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're doing it in multiple parts. So, but for this episode, this one that we're doing. We're talking about sex. Um, so it's going to be various rants and it's going to be a lot of giggles. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we are still 12 at heart. Yeah. Um, Everyone always is. I mean, sex happens in life, so it should happen in stories. But sometimes it's just done badly, right? So we're going to go on the ranch right away. I guess so, because like, we've got to have some place to start. Let's start. Let's warm ourselves up with a, a rant. Um when most pinnacle item of it being done badly that you can think of? I mean, I tend to look at bad sex scenes in two different variations. Either you want a sex scene, but you don't want to write it, so you kind of just dance around it. Or you write a sex scene where you're just honestly too gratuitous and get into it and, like, just stop, please, God. (laughs) Like, at what point does it cross a line from, like, fiction to just, like, porn? (laughs) For me, when it starts getting erotic fiction is when you start talking about, like, the positions and acts and whatnot. Oh, so you should keep the acts vague. In my opinion. (laughs) If you're having a sex scene, just have the sex scene. You really don't need to delve into individuality in it. The size and length and roundness and colors. None of that. <laughs> no. Probably not. <laughs> well, um... You can have the grunts and the moans and the whatnot and just don't get too explicit. Well, it's, it's probably helpful to keep things vague because, uh... Well, just like if you're just, try- just trying to describe someone as attractive or not and then you specify... Her what they look cubes like. Cubes were a field of wheat. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Collins, stop that. I I thought of that. Uh, Bronson and what's her name? Silk and Steel. Yeah. I knew that ahead of time. I wanted to mention. It's not even a sex scene. It's just don't go that detailed on individual body parts. Don't describe them like fields of wheat. <laughs> so you're saying that it should be more about the broad brushstrokes. Possibly. It's more about the people than the act. For for example, in terms of maybe a level of detail you shouldn't get into, if you're going to describe something's size, just do it as in 
very vague. Don't give specific dimensions of it because there's going to be someone out there that says, that's not big or that's not small. <laughs> and they're going to fight over it and they're going to think that you're wrong. But if you just leave it, it's it's just the size, that general description. No one can argue with you. There's so, you're, a character. so you're saying you should keep it as just like the everyman description. It's vague enough, but uh, so everyone like sort of imagines it being the right size. Yes. <clears throat> there is a character in Malazan, Ublala Pung, hilarious character who ends up being, he ends up upset because women just keep coming after him because he has a massive penis. And he doesn't feel like he's ever getting an emotional connection with people because they're just after him for his girth. You can, but they don't focus on it as the sex act itself. It's more just like a running gag. So I think you can still, you really can do anything you want as long as you make it work. But just, the slogan of our podcast, but don't do this, but if you must, do it right. I feel like a sex scene where she's just screaming how big he is is probably not going to work. <laughs> Unless, I mean, unless she's doing that, unless. and he says something to the effect of, uh, you know, but what about my personality or something? You could have a pretty good <laughs> joke right there. That could be pretty funny, yes. So You always have to keep in mind, for what purpose are you doing anything? Exactly. And people get much more critical about what the hell is the purpose when it comes to sex in any form. If you have, say, a novel that has two characters building up towards an eventual sexual relationship and then you write a really weird, poorly written sex scene, people are going to criticize you for that. If you just have them have sex and everyone's happy, then that's a lot less critical. I mean, if you do the basically fade to black type of thing other people will be angry because you had this build up where's my satisfaction come on so you gotta balance Go it very shades of gray. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're gonna get graphic what words would you use to describe things because there's gonna be ones that are just not the ones you want to use. Like too graphic? Like are we talking like graphic but like not pornographic well, or like what are we there's, talking? Yeah, there's a balance there, but like if you do if you have to describe someone's genitals, what word are you going to use be- that isn't comical or too clinical? Are there books that go into that depth that aren't erotica? Um That's not Game of Thrones. I mean <laughs> Dresden does a bit, you know, that scene with Susan and that he apparently put it in her ass, but not really, <laughs> according to our YouTube commenter. Apparently, Susan couldn't get pregnant because they had anal sex and that was never explicitly mentioned, but... Um, I mean, maybe. I'd hope something that generally requires preparation would be specified in that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because like in in Dresden, he refers to her genitals as I think like her heat or something. I mean, no, when in the the sex scene, the dream with Murphy, he just said her sex. That scene was so weird for me. <laughs> that was one weird fucking mind trip. That whole Murphy scene because he knew it couldn't possibly be happening, right? I was so confused. <laughs> but it was great. But like. <laughs> He decided for very good reasons to be that level of graphic with that dream that he had in Skin Game. But then there's this that awkward thing up. of like, what word do you describe her genitals? <laughs> and there's none of them that are good that aren't like, there's either too clinical or too goofy. And that's, you just keep it vague, okay? Didn't Game of Thrones do that in one of the, uh, I think the episode when they go beyond the wall? Um, is it Clegane who says something about Dick? And I think it's Thoros is like, Dick, what's that? And Clegane's like, cock. He's like, oh, I like that. It's like, just the, the choosing which word to describe that with. I guess everyone just used cock in Game of Thrones and no one thought of Dick. <laughs> Except for Nimble Dick, a character that already exists in the... Yeah. God damn it. 
and I feel in uh, the various stories that I can kind of remember that they're like trying to not be crude, so they use like slightly other words like member. Just, Members, one of it, my. I, it just I sounds so it, awkward. I uh, yeah, I hear, I see that one a lot. Like, I don't think it's any worse than sex or heat or. No, it, it especially because sex and heat are really more female oriented. Yeah, and if you're gonna That's... dance around a penis, you gotta, I guess, go with member. Because there's not really a lot of words there. I have also seen the word organ being used. Yeah. Instead, uh, but form. I've seen that one. Form. Yeah, his form. Related specifically to the penis. Yes. Huh. I don't know if I've seen that. I have also seen just straight out phallus, which. Eh. <laughs> of course, because penis is too crude. But let's just go with phallus. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so do they save any amount of crudeness by just being clinical? If you're. I feel like if you're going to go clinical, it needs to be a reason for the character to be clinical rather than the writing. That's a good point. Okay, sex scenes. Always include doctors. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Haleen could be that way. But I do not want to write that. (laughs) I can actually remember a moment when penis was used. It was sort of truth. Really? Really? Yes, and it wasn't a sex scene, though. Um, there was a, a, at some point, there was a plague going around, and they found, like, a 10-year-old boy that had the plague, and that he was basically dying of gangrene, and one weird character basically pulled down the bed sheet and says, hey, look at his penis, it's green. Why? I, I think it was just to be uh, so, shocking. I do so, think there's a scene where, or at least several scenes in Malazan, where he talks about people ripping other people's penises off. Now. So Sometimes he just goes, is, why not? Go for it. Is the uh is our, you know, call as writers, you know, to show and not tell like an- antithetical to writing a sex scene because if we want to show Possibly. things because but that leads it to be potentially too graphic. If you want someone to feel the emotions and the You can tell a sex scene poorly. But it's okay for sex scenes to happen off screen. Mm-hmm. Or at least in the vague sense. And I think there's a balance with the show not tell. Because obviously at some point you have to tell what is happening. But you can show the effects. You like if someone show, yeah. does something and then you can show someone's response to it. And like that shows why it like, had that response. You don't want to tell us a clinical or not kind of a list of the motions they go through. Like, that just doesn't work. Right. Like, this is something I've been running into because I'm writing Reservations at 8, which will pretty much culminate in a sex scene. And I'm just like, I've, I've written it like two or three different ways, like some very explicit, some not explicit, and they just never seem to quite fit. And it would feel like if you're writing this entire story and you lead right up to it, then fade to black, it would feel like you were cheating the readers out of something. Yeah. It depends on the genre, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I never really figured out what genre Mistborn is supposed to be. Mm. Like, it's borderline YA, but not... But then he still dances around. Yeah, and... Well, this this is definitely not YA what I'm writing, but like, do I, do I want to like? How closely do I want to like skirt that line to erotic, you know, erotica, and then really have issues selling the book? I mean, it it, it kind of has to go back to what are you intending the people to view it as? Like, if you want people to read it in order to be turned on, then just write it that way. If you want it to be comical, you can probably do that too. But you have to have a lot of beta readers probably i feel like that's 90 percent of non-rape scenes in malazan are meant to be comical mm. with women joking about member size or people feeling left out or it goes on but sex I'm... does make good comedy i mean yeah but 
there's always a wonder, like, if, if you're going to show a sex scene, should you show a rape scene? I mean, if you've got both or something, how graphic would you get in one, and but maybe not the other, or... Well, I, I would probably never get graphic with a rape scene, but... Mm. But a gra... I mean, this... I, I'm there with you, but on the other hand, if you're going for just pure impact, that's a really good... Well, it's a really strong way to do it <laughs> i wouldn't say a good way to do it but that's definitely like a rape or the explicit description of the it. explicit description but, of it like you know if you're especially if you're trying to write a book that's to disturb you know it's, it's the scene is supposed to be very disturbing i would hope I mean, every rape scene in the book is supposed to be disturbing well yeah but you can you can do it and then you can really do it you know <laughs> Like, Malazan has a fair number of rape scenes, or at least rapes happening typically off-screen in it. And what he does, I think, that he does well is it focuses more on the character reaction to the rape. And it's not she was raped off-screen and then ten pages later, no one remembers it. Like, it's a shadow that haunts them for a long time and develops their character through the whole series, ten, typically. Right, and, you know, if you do it that way, it's—I mean, I don't know. Dark. I don't know if it's ever a good thing to do, you know, have a rape scene. But it definitely is a very good motivation factor. You know, why is someone the way they were? Well, they were raped. You know I mean, that's just a really easy, strong, powerful motivation tool for a character. You know, woman was raped, wants revenge. You can write, st I mean, I'm sure there's been a thousand books written about, about that or more. Yeah, definitely, which makes me dislike it because it seems people are using it as a crutch, but eh. I was going to say something along those lines. Well, but, you know, it's it's the it's the orphan parents and superhero movies, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like it's bad when you just have a character that, like, she was raped, that's her thing for now. Yeah. Yeah, of course like it's bad, but <laughs> it's bad development or lazy writing or yeah, well, it's it's easy development. You're just like, well, mm -hmm. because most people, you know, there's been so many movies and books about most people just sort of fiddle in the details, and plus it hits a lot of a lot of people, especially women, in a very personal place. Uh, you know, there's it's an ungodly high number of women who have been sexually abused. It's like forty percent or something. Uh, so yeah, it's a very easy way to get really into your audience's face really fast. And I do think it's important to keep focus. Don't let it just be a bot device because that's a terrible thing to happen to someone and it's going to carry with them and right. you don't want to forget that. So, um, what about sexual relationships in books? Try to turn this to a, like a happy moment again. If you have a relationship that's going towards, you know, having sex or any form of like that, romance, something. Um, do you think it should change the characters in some fashion? Or is it just like depending on the story? Or could they basically like be the same characters? Do you feel like it should have that impact, lasting impact? Does that ever happen in real life? I don't know. Some people go weird. I was going to so, say, do you, does anyone ever, you know, just run off and finally have sex and then come back the next day the same person? No. Well, no, not, not if it's something you've build, been building up for. I mean, it's one thing if it's like a one night stand or whatever, but if it's like this big culminating moment, it changes things. It's important. Yeah. You're still the same, but you're not at the same time. And, Depending on how that relationship went, it really changes. It changes the relationship in general. It's just human nature to, especially after sex, to, to have something change completely. Yeah, and if even, there's real emotions involved, etc. And even narratively, I feel like you'd be robbing people if you know this is what you're accommodating towards, and then nothing changed. So the sex scene should always happen in the middle of the book, so you can see the. Like after effects, or should it be the ending? You can have it at the climax and still. Yeah. Climaxes aren't at the very end of the book. Mm. 
Or you, you, you do that and you're like, hey, this is where I'm going to pick up with the next book. What happens the next morning? <laughs> you were talking about that when we were talking about relationships, how you always hate it. You don't never see the hard parts about relationships. So, yeah. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. I feel like there's a, a flaw that happens in a lot of various books and stories that just gets highlighted when sex becomes involved is that the romance or the relationship itself isn't worked properly or done effectively enough so that sex just gets kind of strange. Like, uh, as an example, I'm going to rant about Mistborn now. <laughs> the entire second book, it feels like, Vin oh, and Elend are kind of like, kind of on the precipice. Like, I don't know. I like you. Let's just stay like this, even though there's this, like, question hanging over their heads as well, whether they'll get married or something. And then Vin gets almost killed, decides to marry him, and this well, happens within 10 minutes of they, they get pronounced married. She grabs his hand and runs down a hallway so they can presumably go boink. I somehow don't see in The Last Empire a prescription on sexual relations until marriage. I mean... there's he, The only worshipped religion is I am the Lord ruler, everyone loves me. Yeah, there's no, like, thing about you have to wait until Don't get married and, until I sanction it. Don't have sex until I sanction your marriage. But they didn't care at, at the same time. It's like... Yeah, it's just a weird prescription to put on a relationship in a book that has no real-life connotations. Yeah. And th there's no explanation as to why Vin Orland cared about that. But then she just changes her mind within a matter of 10 minutes after fearing that she was going to be killed and was actually seriously injured. And then went and had sex? Yes. And then the only other description of the fact that uh, the relationship changed was that uh, she doesn't sleep in clothes anymore. So if she has to jump out of bed and start fighting immediately, it's a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she was the per she'd be the kind of person that would like get redressed in in all of her gear before going back to bed because she needs to you know be ready twenty four seven. But you I just never understood why she'd be like caring about modesty at all. Oh god, never it was established. Yeah. What's the what, what is she? Um, what's the poor people? I don't remember. I forget that either, but. Yeah, there's really no reason any of them have any kind of morality, really. Yeah. I mean, okay, they don't like their daughters being taken and probably raped by the lords. Cool, no one likes that, but there's no prescription as to why they would have anything even like marriage. Yeah, why in the world would you have marriage unless the lord ruler was demanding you get officially sanctioned? Which he didn't. He just didn't give a shit about that. So it's... No. Uh, it's an easy plot device that everyone knows about. But it doesn't work in a fantasy setting. It doesn't work without it having been established somewhere in the fantasy setting. I mean, Sanderson's gotten better about that. I don't think he's, he's doing it. I don't think he he's handling it. He almost even showed a sex scene in Warbreaker. Ooh. I don't think he's handling it any better in Stormlight Archive. Well, they have marriage. They have that established. Just the awkward dancing with uh, Dalinar and what's her name? I know. <laughs> At least she points out how stupid it is, which I like. I can very much appreciate I, I like that. But at the same time, the author's still writing it. Yeah. Through and through. I mean, at least at the end of that book, he just like, all right, I'm marrying your mother. Deal with it. <laughs> to be fair, I am semi-excited to see who Shalon gets with. Eh. I don't. I, mean, I, I prefer Adeline. Adeline. Yeah, that's Dalinar's son. Times. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've read Stormlight. I feel like that relationship makes more sense than him, than her, and uh, Kaladin. Kaladin, yeah. I mean, I don't like the way that like they establish Shylan and Adeline, and then kind of this, this beginning jump triangle. Yeah, but it's like she, he's almost forcing in a triangle. Which is going to be, like, it feels stereotypical because Kaladin and Adeline did not like each other for a long time. And they're just kind of like... They are quite polar opposites. Yeah, but then there's like, cool. the, like, I'm more macho than you almost. And, and Shalyn's now stuck in the middle. 
I appreciate the triangle as a thing, <laughs> but I almost feel like he is going to build this up to where I expect a sex scene with one of the two of them, and he's not going to write that. Yeah. But there was almost a sex scene in Warbreaker. The thing of it is, it just happened to be between married people. Which, <laughs> I only read Warbreaker once. Well, there was the girl that went off and married the um, god dude, and yeah. then she was all terrified of basically being raped, and it never happened. Because turns out he didn't know how babies were made. Oh God, I forgot how bad that was. I, that was annoying. He's like, all he did was he came into the room and he sat down and he just waited for a baby to appear, basically. Oh God, Sanderson. But then he's like, as the characters learning things and figuring things out, and like, the only thing that is established is that she needs to not get pregnant. They decide to have sex. I was so pissed off. I, like I'm pretty sure. Human instinct takes over at some point. Wasn't that like a general Lord concept of, the Flies of how or something work? where they didn't know, but it just happened anyway? Because that's what happens. Yeah, you figure things out. It's not complicated. They are designed to straightforward. <laughs> things designed are designed to go together. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I'm pretty There's sure there's a lot teenage... of evolution that like, goes into making sure you have babies. Teenage boys didn't need to be taught things. How in the world did the God Emperor just be like, fuck, what do I do? Okay, so we've gotten pretty negative again. So let's go <laughs> to a positive topic. Sex as motivation for characters. So not in like, not, not the bad way of you know, rape, but of the good way of I really want to be with this woman or person or whatever. There's So I'll bring up Malazan again. Um... <laughs> There's one character, Hellion. She's one of my favorite characters. She is a sergeant who is a complete drunkard because she lives in a city where oh, is the this entire... the woman like she like basically leads an army in order to do is countrywide yeah, bar crawl. Um, so she starts in a city where the entire upper echelons of the towers are all filled with giant man-eating poison spiders, and she is deathly afraid of spiders. So she's just drinking twenty-four-seven. And she gets recruited by the army. Well, she gets sent off to the army to go disappear and constantly drinks. And then during her invasion, she forgoes her orders to take the invasion slowly and figures she'll keep ahead of the bad news of their invasion by invading towns via bar. <laughs> so every day they just got to get to the next town, invade it, kill everyone and go get drunk in the bar. And they just keep doing that. And while she's drunk one time she mutters that she's the princess of the city she came from because she's drunk and out of her mind and there's a character a uh, heavy armor soldier guy who is determined to find a princess and marry her <laughs> because he is like the last prince of his people and he overhears this drunken muttering from her and then for the rest of the books he's just completely in love with her and spends the entire books fighting to make sure she stays alive because he needs to Oh, what does he put it? Like, spread his seed in her perfect soil mm. or something. Mm. <laughs> but, that kind of graphic weirdness. Spilled his seed. Mm. <laughs> but it's like, he overhears drunken mutterings, and that's it. She's my woman. She's a princess, apparently. And... I mean, I get the, like, outside, basically, political motivations. Like, I have to marry you. I don't know if I like you, but I have to marry you. But instant love romances. Ugh. He's but determined a, to find a princess and just love her. When you were saying that, like, having sex as motivation for a character, all I could think of was, like, Beavis and Butthead type situations. <laughs> well, I mean, what is it? You know, I mean, that's been the greatest motivation throughout time. You know, the face that lost, that launched a thousand ships and, you know. Bernie from Two and a Half, from, uh, what's the show? How I Met Mother. <laughs> It, is, it tends to be more of a comical motivation, but it it is a motivation. Because as much as we want a relationship with somebody, we also really want to have sex with them. I mean, it's a good part of relationships. Yeah. And which is why I like, like, if there's a nice relationship that it gets mentioned, at least. I don't, I don't know. I don't want things to be scrubbed just because no one ever wants to read about sex or hear about it. Like, it's a part <laughs> oh of goodness. life. It should Sometimes people okay. There's that famous-ish quote from George R. R. Martin of like how people decided to stop reading his books because he described a sex scene. 
I have a tit in my books, oh god, but I have a sword cutting through a guy's stomach and spilling out his entrails and no one bats an eye. Yeah, and then specifically the fact that he's describing something that's intensely more pleasurable and positive and people stop reading, but like the graphic war is okay. And things like Is that a religion thing? It does seem very Puritan. I I don't want to start a religious debate, but why do you care about people having sex over people murdering each other? Sex has always been seen more as a... um, Sanctified. Yeah, that's probably a good word. A sanctified act, a personal private act. At the same time, writing is a very... I guess writing is very personal and showing the private soul to the world, but I would rather not lie. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to write, write honestly. There's a there's an entire South Park episode kind of dedicated to this. It's of course there is. Uh, season 8, episode 1, Good Times with Weapons. And at the end of it, um, <laughs> like... <laughs> Cartman is trying to sneak by because Butter got a shuriken in the eye. And he's trying to sneak by his group of adults naked. And they get really upset. And they completely forget that they were mad at their kids out of playing with these super sharp weapons. And, you know, taking They're just up. mad that he's naked? They, yeah. It's like, look, parents don't care if, about violence when sex shows up. <laughs> yeah. The fact that, like, TV and movie ratings, they can. Oh, yeah. Graphic horror, that's perfectly fine. A nipple, got to restrict it to adults. There was, I think, an Instagram uh, account or something that they would put, I think, male nipples on top of female breasts or something. And it was like, is this going to get caught? Are you going to censor this? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a whole, like, free the nipple hashtag going on on Instagram. I mean, like, when I was studying in Germany, you'd go into the grocery store. You walk by the back of magazines and there's just a bunch of boobs. And it's like, after the first couple of weeks, maybe, I just stopped even looking. <laughs> it's just, who cares? But it took Why a couple of weeks. It took a couple of weeks. I'm from America, <laughs> please. Hey, everyone loves boobs, man. Everybody loves boobs. But they wouldn't be so stigmatized if you didn't hide them behind the curtain over there. Yeah. So we should have more sex scenes in our stories, right? <laughs> I don't know. If that's what you want to do. Big brown nipples or something. Oh, God. Oh, was that Eris Ocart? And yes. And his love of... Um, What's her face in the What's her name? Yeah, her big giant brown nipples that are beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Hey, if he likes them, he likes them. And he certainly liked them. He talked about them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't shut up. Uh. Uh, just... Yeah, there was, especially with how much that storyline just petered out, it kind of feels like he just wanted to talk about bring brown, big brown nipples for a little while. And he also does the same thing with food, so at least he yeah. likes the Then again, thing. that story, the problem with that storyline is that it petered out for now. We just need a new book, please God. Like, that's going to cause some shit that, you know, Marcella got almost killed and Dorn is in vaguely semi-rebellion. That'll justify the storyline, but we... Speaking of another series that we need another book for, um, Kingkiller Chronicles. Oh, God. Doors of Stone. Well, we're waiting for Doors of Stone, and we have been for years, but in Wise Men's Fear, Kvoth goes and has sex with a fairy person for, like, three months. Just sex, 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 sex all the time. Yes. And, but it was... I'm more surprised about people's responses to that section i mean yeah there's um, not much happening of, except for the really important thing conversation with a tree i'm one of those who thought it was too long but i'm if people were saying that it took like 100 pages when it took like maybe 30 30 pages is a lot of pages it's a longer but like people were overblowing it and i'm people really surprised do. it's just like yeah i get it's nothing really important is happening with Fulurian except for the like he needed to be in the fey place because he had to co- talk to the tree the cool but the people's description or like the way their responses to the fact everything. that there was a sex scene it was just really pissed me I off i feel like 
the problem I have with that is not so much that it's a sex scene or a sex scene that goes on for 30 pages. It's just the fact that it continues the trend of Quoth is the most handsome and beautiful and wonderful person in the world, so much to the point that a fairy just wants to run off of them and have sex with them for three months straight. I mean, that's kind of what he's that fairy just, did, though. He's just too... I, they established that that fairy is just like, just pulls men out of the world and has sex with them until they die. And, but sure. he's amazing because he survived and he got out. But there is the irritation that Kvoth, after that, would just have sex with all sorts of girls all over the place, even though it was actually being a detriment to his life. And they at least they established that part. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing uh, Witcher 3 again lately and just dandelion and all his dalliances with various women and how either they come back to haunt him or he somehow finds a way to abuse the fact that he used to sleep with this girl. It's terrible. <laughs> it's okay, horrible. So I just had a thought. So what about, you know, because most of the time when we talk about like sex and like sex is motivation, it's almost always uh, the man chasing the woman. And you very rarely see, at least in my readings, the that sex is sort of that motivating factor for women. Do you think that's just because it's not something we talk about in the U.S. or what? I mean, I don't know. Alex, they're kind of... The um, one you'd be talking about. Lips. <laughs> uh, I mean, women like sex too. So if you're not seeing that, then that's just, I don't know. Because usually, whenever I see it in a story, it's always about something to do trying to accomplish with marriage. Being a specific thing, like various po- political crap. Sex can happen fairly easily, depending on your standards. But <laughs> marriage is a bit harder, okay? This is and true. marriage has politics. So, I mean, you should read Malazan. <laughs> There's a couple scenes where the women are just like, you know what? Let's go have sex. Especially soldiers after fights. Yeah, I mean, sex happens. Deal with it. We're all together. But, we're all bored. We just want to fight. Come on, let's go. Let's fight and fuck and go home. That's the summation of human motivation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Well. it's just that i don't know people the now that you've brought up the idea that women aren't searching after sex or whatever that may be as much as men there's kind of another idea of representation that we haven't touched on yet of like gay people (laughs) or any other not straight white male type situations I did love Dorian in Dragon Age Inquisition. He's charming as fuck. I don't remember Dorian. I know, I never played Inquisition, that's my problem. (laughs) Um, He didn't show up until Inquisition. Then there's, I mean, I think one of the things that the TV series for Game of Thrones did significantly better than the uh, books. Oh, we're in fucking Martell. Yeah, they established him as bisexual. Woohoo! And they like really established it. Really established it, but in a way that just almost felt natural without like they it was obviously not emasculating or anything like that. And then they there's that stereotype. And then there's Loris. Loris, yeah. Okay, yeah, I take it all back. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen them take a Loris Tyrell is one of the most manly best fighters in the realm. And the show's just like, haha, he's gay. Yeah. It's embarrassing. I mean, I've read books with primarily gay characters, and they had romances, and it was great. It's just people lately have been irritated with not as much representation, or it's not good enough, or things Is like that. Is that episode now? I'm trying not to well, be, but like we could talk about we'll get there gay eventually. romances. if Ignoring Loris, because we'll rant too much about that one. Are there any ones that you thought were particularly well done or particularly poorly done? Not talking Loris about Loris. Loris in the books has done really well. He's a man who loved, he loved Renly, and that's his defining, it's not his defining characteristic, but it's his driving motivation. I still think the candle sets, what is it? The sun sets, no candle in the world can match it. Mm. That's perfect. And it's like, 
really it just boils down to if this character cares about someone else and loves them, then I hope they get with them. I want them to be happy. It's not complicated. In between the like emotional torture scenes, you want them to be happy. I guess I wouldn't be reading a book if there weren't emotional torture scenes in between. But I'd be happy if they just jumped straight to the happiness and happily ever after. <laughs> you want happily ever after at the end of your book? I, I do. I really do. Okay. I want everyone to be with everyone and be happy. Well, um, do you guys know of the Heralds of Valdemar series? It's fairly popular. Been around for 20, 30 years. Written by Mercedes Lackey. Nope. Basically, it's a usually it's a bunch of like three book trilogies inside like a larger world, so they're interconnected. But there's a, actually a lot of not straight people in it. There's a like basically a lesbian trio at one point, which was interesting. But uh, one of the main characters that ever happens was named Vaniel, and he had problems with his family because he was gay, and then that led to problems when he actually like fell in love and that person died and then like it just kind of it deals it hurts him for a lot because mostly the love lost part but i don't know like that was really a, a fun character and it was one that i always thought of that was well done what about uh rand and his trio of three women uh, who are um, all in single monogamous relationships with a man all together well, I think it's a little less likely they'd all be in the monogamous relationship with him, but... Especially since, you know, when he's off having sex with one of the other ones, because they all have the water bond with him, they can all vaguely feel things. I just, why not just giant just, orgies, then? Just, I mean, just go for it. Like, if you're all feeling these things, just go in there, and why? I mean... It's just so fucking weird. Do you really think that a man who has three attractive wives is not going to make them all have sex at the one time because he's got that... <laughs> Just sitting there. He's like, come on, please, for my birthday or something. <laughs> well, who who wrote this character again? Robert, Robert Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like, because it would make sense if it was like sort of written from a Mormon perspective. Why? Because that's a thing. Polygamous relationships. Yeah. Well, in the, the yeah. Polygamous relationships, it, yeah. It's like he does a good job of creating three individual relationships with these three women. But he never picks. They're just all with him. And they all vaguely feel the sex scenes. And it's just like, okay, why is this so separate at this point? Well, me, like, well, two of them are literally in a different room together after finally cornering him and getting him to have sex with the third one who he hasn't had sex with. They come together to force him to have sex with her. So they shove the two of them into a room and the other two women go off to their own room to laugh and giggle as they feel it? <laughs> like, what the fuck? It seems like some very um, self-aggrandizing, like, fantasy <laughs> thing That's... that he's, like, giving himself. It is interesting Wheel of because time I've has... heard the rumor that Robert Jordan's wife didn't entirely agree with that bit of the story. I don't blame her. It's a weird I mean, once you set up the prophecy that he's going to marry three women, you got to do it. But maybe don't write that prophecy to begin with. <laughs> Solved. Well, they, but you know, marry three women, but maybe like you Not really only time. have one woman, and the other two I are like just m- there. <laughs> I always like men the most. Mm. Though he does undermine the uh, Matt Gothon being the complete womanizer for the first half of the series, who ends up buckling down and marrying one woman, so. Character arc, right? Characters. Whereas you ex- you expected three wives out of Matt, but not, well, no, you did expect that out of Rand, because you had the whole fucking prophecy the whole time. Yeah, once you establish it's a thing that's going to happen, it's yeah, easier to accept when it happens later, I guess. It's just still, like, really? <laughs> Especially since Rand comes from very puritanical background. Two rivers folk are a bunch of mm-hmm. vaguely boots, I guess. <laughs> that was just a weird arc for a whole sexual relationship thing. Yeah, and I don't know, I think the uh, like connection that the other two would always have to whatever's going on is a weird form of graphic <sighs> detail. That's something that I wasn't really thinking of when we were like, preparing for this episode. Like, I was not thinking of like weird magical connections that other people would be perfectly aware of what you're doing 
in a sex scene. Um, you made me think of uh, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> and the fact that he's literally God and can just give these women orgasms constantly. That's just a weird thing to have. <laughs> Magic and sex don't typically get combined often. Mm, I just remembered a sex scene that was a little questionable. Uh, have you ever read the Iron Druid series? No, not yet. Okay, I have read boost? the first. Not boost. No, it's. Um, you recommended it. Kevin Hearn. The author's name is Kevin Hearn, um, and it's it's kind of like a fun urban fantasy thing. There's a lot of way too attractive women for not all that many good reasons. Like I have more issues with that in the Iron Druid series than I do in. Dresden. Dresden. Because, like, even the ones that aren't superficially magically hot are hot. But (laughs) there's just, like... Erickson has fat women and fat men all over the place. Nice. But the the main character kind of starts out badass, and then there's just one point, I think it is in the second book, that uh, the Morrigan out of Irish mythology shows up and forces him to have sex with her for an entire morning, leaving a lot of weird, crazy marks and, and way too much stuff. And sex magic happens, so he, she heals his hurt ear or something. And as soon as she leaves, there's another goddess that comes up, and she starts trying to seduce him in order to get weird magical powers from him and stuff. It, okay. It was a little okay. much. <laughs> I'll be right back. So it's it, like at that point, it was very much masculine fantasy, even though it kind of caused problems. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, that's always the hard part about like writing a scene is like, okay, I don't want the readers to think I'm just living out a fantasy here. Yeah, and the more sort of truth stuff is that that definitely happened with BDSM shit. Like the main character, Richard, was kidnapped for three weeks and BDSM raped by weird woman in leather. Definitely fantasy fulfilled. Interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, he's kind of like very puritanical about like marriage and waiting for marriage, even though he didn't always. Like the dude had sexual relationships and then it's like, no, we have to wait for marriage. It's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. You see that a lot in uh, Christian cultures where, (laughs) like, a girl, like, they'll have sex and they'll feel bad about it. Then they get, like, really into the whole, like, waiting till marriage thing. Or, I mean, I've seen it happen with guys, too. So that that actually makes sense to me. (laughs) I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's just, like, at one point... Richard and Kaylin, the two main characters, they had sex, but it was like in a, a fantasy mystical world that didn't exist, so it kind of didn't count or something. And then they're waiting for marriage. It's like, why didn't you just get married immediately? There's no reason that you're, you're waiting, but no, no, we have to wait. Why? And then, like, the entire reason was because there had to be this forced sex scene at the end of, like, a sham marriage and they thought they were different people, and then she had fun during sex, and therefore he hated her, and it was a betrayal, something or other, and it's just, God damn it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sex doesn't have to be complicated. It complicates things on its own, people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. It could make a baby. Baby, emotions, you know. It, we've, we've all, well, no, maybe I shouldn't say we all, but we've all had that one person we really regret having sex with. I mean, <laughs> I, mean it, I feel like in the sex scene, you should be uh, explicitly saying or not saying whether there's birth control being used. Like, there was not birth control mentioned in the sex scene with Harry and Susan. And several books later, there's a baby. <laughs> I like that instead of the, like, oh, it's never mentioned, therefore basically never becomes a problem. It should in some fashion. Well, and you could even use that as, like, especially for different, like, you know, fantasy novels and different, you know, older time settings of a, I don't want to have sex with you because I'm scared of getting you pregnant kind of storyline. 
Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, because that would be like, why don't you want to have sex with me? Because I don't want to put a baby in you. That's why. <laughs> you came back at a good time, Gal. <laughs> I did. I'm glad I did. <laughs> we were talking about how. Jacob, I don't want to put a baby in you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were talking about how. Me should well one should you mention the use of birth control, that kind of stuff, and that could also be a reason, depending on the s- setting of the story, to have a character not want to have sex with somebody because they or don't want to have sex. Like if you really need a baby right now for reasons. Well, yeah. I did appreciate Malazan where like eight, I think in book eight. A bunch of random children show up because all that rape and sex in the first half of the series are like, oh, right. None of you use birth control. <laughs> of course, those children were all like 10 years older than they should have been. And Mao's in timeline is something not to get into. That's where he failed. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, my okay. God. Well, like in book three, one of the characters gets raped in the middle of a battle because she got cornered alone and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And in book eight, she's very just she's just a different person because, you know, she's just not happy with life at this point. And she's got a kid she hates because it mm-hmm. was birthed from eight. And the kid's like six or seven. And it's like <laughs> that was like two years ago. And then later in that book, a character comes along who raped a bunch of women to begin with before you started liking him. And they're all like full grown adults. And it was like. That was like five years ago. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? All right. I've got a topic sort of for us to close up on. It'll be fun because it'll be ranting about bad shit. What was the most contrived sex scene you can think of in various things? Can I not mention Silk and Steel? <laughs> no, you're not allowed to mention that one, okay? <laughs> not that one. <laughs> but uh, I'll start with something that I can think so of. So least natural feeling just like yes. oh, having sex now. or the, the most like shoehorned like oh sexy type things because for example i have tried to read the laurel k hamilton series of anita blake i stopped in the middle of the first book twice i don't know if i'll ever go back to it but i have heard some dumb shit about that series <laughs> i mean so she's basically monster hunter type character and then she becomes some form of weird vampire where person like she basically starts to uh, accumulate a bunch of different types of special magical things. But one of them is that she gets cursed with having to have sex immediately at various points at like, at least once a day, she just has to have sex at in the later part of the books series. And she has a bunch of bodyguards that are of course male. And so what the bodyguards, what the bodyguards start doing is like, They'll wear a specific colored shirt in order to show her which one is consenting for that day. And what the fuck? Exactly. This is just like stupid contrived things. It's one of the weirdest things in Malazan is there's this undead lady who wants to be more human-like. She's unhappy. She's undead. And they get this creature that... Don't ask me how it functions. It's basically a parasite that goes in the hoo-hoo <laughs> and sends its tendrils up to its brain. And apparently it just eats semen. So she just suddenly, she, an undead woman with a massive sex drive because this creature in her is just demanding she has sex with everybody. Like, what? <laughs> it, it, it becomes a comedic thing. Once you get over that initial, like, what the fuck? I have seen multiple things having to do with uh, some Chinese-type light novels that uh, a woman has too much of the maleness in her, therefore she needs to have sex in order to become more womanly, or vice versa, like a a man needs to have sex in order to balance out his chi. Or um, so Wait, having sex is more male or female-y? Or... You, you gotta transfer have... it. Whatever it is, you have to transfer it. Therefore, so you have to have sex. Just more person. sex makes you more whatever you are. Something. I don't know. Apparently. But, I mean, I think there's also things that, like, a guy got bit by a snake and a woman needs to suck it out. Via the... Something. <laughs> Via the snake bite? <laughs> Maybe. 
contrived sex scenes, though. Yeah. I mean, I did mention when you were gone, Colin, of uh, in Sword of Truth series, there was like a three-week rape BDSM by women in leather for the main character. Will I ever get to Sword Will I ever read Sword of Truth, or are you just going to chase me off of that? I don't know. <laughs> How much <laughs> do you hate worth... yourself? <laughs> Good kind if you're listening. Hmm. Jacob, do you know of any? I'm trying to think. Like, nothing is really jumping to mind, and I'm even like trying to like go with like TV and movies and stuff. Like, I know there's plenty of them. I just can't think of it. I. It was somewhat established in Wheel of Time, but the scene with her with Rand and Navienda is just like very kind of weird. As in, getting into it is just not getting into it. But have you read that far? No. Um, so she's very attracted to him and he likes her and to avoid the situation she runs off and because she has the talent she opens a portal and flees into god knows where and she goes running off into a cold wilderness and Rand goes chasing after her and eventually corners her and they make a tent and have sex mm. and it's just like okay I, mean, like, I get they liked each other but then you just shoehorn this situation where they have to have sex. Yeah, but then there's uh, like with Vin in a land, it's like, oh, I was just almost killed. Let's go boink. Mm. Oh, Anytime was, where there's they, like they got her alive sex. I mean, this is what Barney <laughs> taught us about how I met your mother. <laughs> it's apparently some of the best sex you can have is thank God we're alive sex. It might not be sex, but I never liked the relationship between Croker and Lady in Black Company. I mean, it's a probably one of the biggest parts of the story, but it's just like he has this fascination with the super powerful evil empress, and she just likes him because he likes her. Like, literally, the only thing is that she's super powerful and no one gets close to her, and this guy seems to like her, so she likes him, and they live. They don't live happily ever after spoiler, but so most contrived sex. I think I've come up with it. Just the first season of Game of Thrones. Just there's so much just random <laughs> fucking in that in that Exposition? season. <laughs> yes, like Tyrion with a bunch of whores at Winterfell, or Littlefinger with a bunch of whores. Or just like well, you know, you just see random theories on chaos, tits or ass or whatever. It's just like just they needed to sell the show, which makes it <laughs> oh. random. Yeah, in Weird. terms of contrived, there was a sex scene with the eunuch. Dear God. I still hold to the theory that literally D&D are just sitting there going, eunuchs, <laughs> I don't know what it would be like to have sex. And then decided to put it in the show. <laughs> it's just annoying. Even, um, can't mention Loras, but just the random sex scenes with Loras are like, what the, why the fuck is this here? I mean, I anytime when people are doing something in order to be shocking or titillating, it's probably going to come off badly. Yeah, the I mean, rape scene with Sansa. Yeah, I still don't understand how Littlefinger lasted an entire season after that. He literally sold her to a sadistic murderer who raped her, and she puts up with him for an entire season. I would have thrown him off the walls day one. Yeah, but he did bring an army when she needed it. So what? He's not in charge of the army. Not truly. He was protector of the veil. He's his. Yes, but nobody liked him. If she threw him off the wall, Bonds Royce isn't going to complain. Eh. And I think that's a big problem is that they had Sansa raped in season six by Ramsay. She was sold into that scene via Littlefinger. And then that's never a problem again. Santa's not going to forget that. Characters don't forget that kind of thing. And you just, like, let it go. Or season five, she was raped, I believe. Season six, she just sat with John, complaining about everything John did without offering any advice. I don't remember the various seasons and how they broke it up, but... I think the end of season five, she jumps off the wall. Brienne magically rescues her, even though she betrayed that oath to find her and kill Stannis and God knows. Yeah. I mean, there, there was like a big drop in Game of Thrones. It's like contrived sex scenes. It just kind of stopped being interesting, so they just kind of did away with it until once in a while they just have to show boobs. 
Well, the funny thing is, oh yeah, there was, there was someone who did like boob to time ratio for every episode, and it's like oh, super sure, high yeah. in season one, and it just like dips off. I mean, they were selling a TV show on HBO. Here's a bunch of boobs, please watch. And then everyone got more interested in the plot. Imagine that. Which I mean, it's a it is an accomplishment to have a sexy show that people it is get a valid born. strategy. If you can pull I it mean, off. It's a strategy to attract them with that, but it's an accomplishment to make them stop caring about that. Yeah. Do they you want remember the, story. the scene with Melisandre and Gendry? That pissed me off. What about Melisandre and uh, what's uh, Stannis' wife's name? Selyse or something? Yeah. Which is in the bathtub? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Carice Van just... is utterly gorgeous, but we don't need <clears throat> scenes to show off her boobs. I mean, they established that they need reason. Gendry's blood for leeches or something like that. She does not need to get on top of him to do that or put it on his dick. That's what I didn't understand is that so she needs leech blood. That doesn't preclude seducing him. It's more fun yeah. that way. It is more fun that way. <laughs> she didn't need to put it on his cock, whatever word I'm going to use next. Did she dick <laughs> penis phallus member? The wing ding did, did she did she put the leeches on the the shaft yeah. on the yeah. lower horn? I mean, that's a good way to get a lot of blood. It's true, but probably not necessary. I think she put the other ones like on his chest or arm yeah. or something. You know, like but, more normal. So wait, drawing all his blood to his penis and then trying to collect blood from the rest of him. There's also a lot of other blood active places, like I don't know your neck. I mean, medically, leeches have been used to help draw blood to, like, ears that have been re-sewn on. There's a lot of places you can just stick leeches. Yeah. Maybe she wanted him to be too distracted to fight back, but... um, She probably didn't need to do the terrible bait-and-switch. It just says, hey, can I put a leech on you for a couple of hours? I mean, seriously. And, I mean, if you're going to do the bait-and-switch, follow through. <laughs> That's why it's called the bait-and-switch. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it wouldn't be a bait and switch. But then I, I just don't get the scene of her sitting in the bathtub naked with Celise. Like boob quota. Boob. Ba- Is there anything about that scene that doesn't say boob quota? No. Nothing. At least, like I respect Game of Thrones that they wanted their boob quota because that's what they got to do to drop people in initially. But at least try to give a reason for it. Like, um, hey, Tyrion's Cersei. a homemaker. Cersei's walk through the the city naked. That was established. Why she yeah. had to be naked was established. But, like, having Tyrion, a conversation in a bathtub? Nope. I understand Tyrion having a bunch of whores around him. He's a whoremonger. That makes sense. Having naked women around him is a Tyrion thing to be. Mm-hmm. Even Oberyn, like, okay, there'll be naked women around him. Why not? It's Oberyn. Why do you need a bath scene between two women who are not romantically interested in each other? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a scene like that, at least have them both get naked. The only thing I can think of is that they needed a reason for Melisandre to be passive in the scene while Selyse wanders around. And but she didn't. She just stood there. I thought she looked at the various things and whatnot. No, Melisandre got up and started showing her various jars on her shelves oh, and stuff. Oh, I'm, remember- I'm remembering that scene all wrong. That, yeah. That away. I was... Mm. Okay, have we uh, stopped talking but... about? <laughs> it's it's weird to do in stories because everyone's going to be a critic. How's that? It's weird to do because if you go too far, then your book's an entirely different genre. Yeah, but it's important not to cheat your readers either. <laughs> if you want sex scenes, you better give us sex scenes. And you just keep in mind with whatever you're doing, what purpose or effect you're going for and then get beta readers and they'll tell you if you're doing it right and as someone who does write at work be careful what computer you're doing the sex scene writing on because it could get you fired yeah i thought you hand wrote uh i've been converting to a computer because it's faster oh right don't use google drive (laughs) as i said last time it doesn't work once you get too far Nah. Okay. Don't you use your work email either. That's probably a bad idea. No, that's a very bad idea. 
I can't do Let's, that because I don't have a work email. Oh, we could have an entire like episode of things that will get you fired from your day job as a writer. Sure. Or just an entire topic of all these things you research make you look like a serial killer. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> Seriously, like, what kind of poison creates this reaction? This is what yeah. I need for my plot. <laughs> Ooh, that that would actually fun. would be a fun topic. It wouldn't be a good <laughs> informational topic, but it would be fun. Yeah, we've got a, a, a couple of episodes in mind, but I don't know which one we're going to do next. So, I don't know. Just keep listening. Be surprised next week. You can find me on Twitter at, at Jacob Ingalls. Uh, we're at brokenjars.xyz, patreon.com forward slash brokenjars. If you want to help us out, get some cool rewards, get to hang with us in our Discord. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can and you can join Discord. Colin in yeah, <laughs> ranting, about, <laughs> ranting about the NFL and everything that makes him mad. I like the NFL. Until they lose. Yes, the Patriots had a very tough game today. It, it was close, and I drank more than I should have because <laughs> of how close it was. <laughs> Welcome to Boston. I also realized after this game that all of those, uh, you know, comedic mockings of Boston as the Bostonian guy saying, Tom freaking Brady. Tom freaking Brady. <laughs> it's true. All right, y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.